0: there, you are listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Johnson, and I am on this earth to help you recover emotionally, physically, and spiritually from miscarriage. It's definitely my calling. It wasn't all that long ago that I too suffered three miscarriages of my own and six years of infertility, and I really know how painful and lonely the journey can be. Over those six years, I developed some really solid tools for releasing the emotional pain of loss and for truly healing from the inside out, and I'm here to share them all with you so that you can feel like yourself again. So if you've had a miscarriage or experienced the loss that infertility brings because there is a loss there too, you are in the right place, and I'm so grateful that you're taking the first step toward healing by joining me today let's get started. Hey there and welcome. You're listening to the Love and Loss podcast, episode number 23. Today I'm sharing with you five things that I did wrong after I miscarried. I did a lot of things wrong after my miscarriages, but I did a lot of things right too, by the way. It took me a long time to realize, though, what I was doing wrong and what I could have done differently. You might just be a few days or weeks after your miscarriage, or it might have been years. And what I've realized is that it doesn't really matter. You've likely been doing at least one of these things wrong as well. Everyone does. In fact, most of these things were still in check for me after my second and then my third miscarriage. I didn't really learn until later what I could be doing differently. And I want to share them with you now so that you don't have to wait to figure them out on your own and you can maybe even start changing them now. So let's dive in. These are five things that I did wrong after I miscarried things upon looking back that I would do differently now. So number one, I didn't ask for help. Let me take a few steps back and tell you a bit of my story. Most of you, if you've been listening for a bit, have heard this or a lot of this already, Um, but you might not have heard this piece of it. So I found out that I was pregnant for the first time a week before I was going to the Dominican Republic for a friend's wedding. And my first pregnancy was a bit of a surprise. So I hadn't really planned any of this out and was a bit taken aback. And this um, wedding was at an all-inclusive resort, the sort where a lot of drinking happens. And I wasn't sure how I was going to get through the week without telling anyone because My girlfriends were going to notice if I didn't have a drink in my hand when all of them did. So I told them there were six of them there actually. And then I also had to tell my family because I couldn't tell my friends and not my family. So actually quite a lot of people knew about it. And yet when I miscarried, I didn't call on any of them for help. I talked a bit to my, my twin sister But that was about it. And of course, you know, my mom and my other sister checked in here and there, but they didn't really know how to support me and I didn't reach out to them. I didn't really know how to myself. I wanted them to just ask me how I was doing. I wanted them to just call me, make it easy for me so that I could just tell them. And I made the assumption that everyone would know how to support me. And I had the expectation that they should know how to support me. And of course they don't, if they, especially if they've never been through it. Now, here's what I wish I did instead. I wish I had reached out to my family and friends to tell them when I needed support. I wish I called my friends more. I wish I had just reached out. If I put myself in their shoes now, sort of looking back... I know that they were likely doing the same thing, assuming that I would reach out if I needed help. Maybe they they didn't want to ask me about my miscarriage in case it brought me back into that pain. And most people out there, if we're honest, are just very uncomfortable with grief. They don't want to remind you of your pain. They fear that the timing might be inappropriate or they might assume that you don't want to talk about it. So what I wish I had done was just made it easy for myself to be supported and tell them when I needed it. So I would encourage you to do that as well. Um, Make it easy for yourself to be supported. Tell your friends, tell your family when you need support. Just call them and it's pretty likely that they'll just ask you how you're doing and you'll have an opening to tell them how you're really feeling. So call them, ask them over for tea, whatever it is that you need, that the way that you like to connect, do that, even if it's just a text. So that's number one. Uh, My number one mistake was I didn't, I didn't ask for help. Number two mistake, I didn't talk about it. And this kind of stems from the mistake that I just talked about, but it also comes from the societal belief that you're not supposed to talk about your miscarriage. I felt a little bit of shame around it as well, that I was going through this very intimate thing that my body didn't know, my body didn't know what it was supposed to do, or it didn't do what everyone else's seemed to do with ease though it turns out I was wrong about that. Of course, there's 25% of us have had a miscarriage. So I definitely was wrong about that. Not everyone. And, and one in eight, so yeah, one in eight um, have infertility issues. So not everyone else does it with ease. Not everyone gets pregnant with ease, but that's our perception. If you've never you know, been in contact or been in touch with someone who has shared that they've had a miscarriage or that they've been suffering from infertility. So I also didn't talk about it because I didn't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. And this is a big mistake. As I mentioned above in the previous um, mistake, not reaching out, people don't know what to do with grief. They're afraid of upsetting you. They're afraid of saying the wrong thing and they're afraid of what you'll think of them if they do say the wrong thing, especially. So what I would have done instead in this case, I would have been more open about it. I would have talked about my miscarriage right from the beginning. What I learned over the years is that the more I talked about it, the more I healed. I talk about it really, obviously, really freely. Now I have a podcast all about it. Um, it took me a little bit of time To get here, but each time I talked about it, it became easier and easier. And as I became more comfortable, everyone else around me also became more comfortable. I actually have a guest coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks who's going to talk more about this, so I'm going to save some of this for her to talk about and watch for that episode. It's with my new friend Erica. She's going to be talking about that. So that's number two. I didn't talk about it. That's mistake number two or what I did wrong. And what I did, what I would have done differently was just talked more openly about it. And then number three, I didn't check in to really ask how my husband was feeling. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for this, but my husband really didn't seem to grieve at all. After our first loss, in hindsight, he was grieving for his brother who he had lost at the age of 35 when he uh, just a month before no two months before I miscarried so he was still grieving his brother and to put this on top of it I don't think he could even think about it but that's in hindsight on the outside he was just carrying on with his life and so I assumed that he wasn't grieving over this I assumed that he didn't care And now that we've talked more about it, I know that he didn't feel the loss in the same way that I did. And most men don't. Yet we feel like we've disappointed them at the same time. So what I wish I would have done instead, I would have asked him more questions, probed more, tried to get at how he was really feeling and men aren't always good at talking about their feelings, so we kind of sometimes have to pry it out of them. And I wish I had made more of an effort to do that. Instead, I just ended up feeling resentful and angry and and just, I felt very misunderstood. I felt like he had no idea what I was going through. and um, And if I had just talked to him about it, I might have felt a bit better. So that's number three. Check in with your husband or your partner and just see how he or she is feeling. Number four, I didn't ask for time off work. If you've listened to some of my other episodes, you'll know this already. And I've since done an Instagram poll on this topic. And that tells me that many of you actually went back to work before you were ready as well. I went back to work right away, all three times. And let me tell you a story about my second loss, because I'm not sure that I have actually mentioned this piece before. My second miscarriage happened on the Friday night of a long weekend. So I actually had until Tuesday before I had to go back to work. And, and that was a godsend in hindsight. I actually took that weekend to sort of recuperate and, and everything happened very naturally in that miscarriage. So I felt like I was physically okay, but I was scheduled for an ultrasound about two weeks later, just to make sure that my uterus was clear, especially given my history, I'd had a a miscarriage before. And so what happened was I was on my way home from that ultrasound and the radiologist called me. And after I don't know how many ultrasounds in my, my first miscarriage. I knew that it was unusual for a radiologist to call you. No one ever did that. I was always my doctor. And so I answered the phone and the radiologist said to me, we need you to get back to the hospital. We think that you might still be pregnant with an ectopic pregnancy. My husband was at work in the opposite direction. And so I drove 45 minutes to the hospital myself, and I spent the next five hours in the emergency room. The doctors were trying to figure out what was going on. It turns out that it wasn't an ectopic pregnancy, but there was some sort of tissue or fibroid inside um, in my fallopian tube, and they were trying to figure out whether they should send me home or if they should go in and try to see what it is. Or what they should do. So there were two or three different doctors that were seeing me. And at the same time, I had a septated uterus, which I have talked about before, which is uh, kind of a heart-shaped uterus. You can have a, uh, almost like a septum that divides the uterus completely or or partially. So all that to say, five hours later, I was sent home. And it was probably about 9.30 at night by the time I got home. And I remember this so clearly. I had just started working for a new company for a boss that I had worked for before and who was there during my first miscarriage. And for whatever reason, I didn't tell her. Instead, I got home at nine 30 and I knew because I had been away all day, I, I hadn't finished the work that I had that I was supposed to get done for the next day. And so I sat down at my computer and worked until midnight that night to get done what I was supposed to get done. And in hindsight, I just think, gosh, I spent five hours in the emerge wondering what was going on with myself. And then I came home and spent two hours at the computer doing work that probably could have waited in hindsight I don't know why I did that to myself, but I suspect that there's that some of you out there have done the same thing or maybe not the same thing, but you went back to work the next day or, um, I've heard of even some women working while going through a miscarriage. I don't know why we do it to ourselves, but I would encourage you to take more time off for yourself to heal that's what I would have done instead. I would have taken a week for myself. I would have done more self-care. I would have just allowed myself to grieve. This is something that I teach in my online program because many women don't actually know how to truly nurture themselves. They're so used to serving everybody else that that they forget how to serve themselves. And I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. Most of us also expect others to nurture us as I said in in the beginning. So even when we take time off work, we might not actually know how to really support ourselves in a way that moves the healing process forward. So again, this is one of the things that I teach in my online program, and it's been really effective um, with women who have experienced a miscarriage and, and actually need that self-care and that self-support. So that's number four. I didn't take enough time off work. And what I would do instead is just take that time and learn how to give myself the self-care that I needed. And then number five, the fifth thing that I feel I did wrong, I blamed myself. And I know that many of you do this as well i've come to believe that we all blame ourselves to some degree even if you don't realize it you're likely beating yourself up about something you did or or didn't do during your pregnancy if you're saying why didn't i do x or i could have done x instead i should have listened to so and so if you're saying those kinds of things to yourself you're guilting yourself over something. You're blaming yourself. Or you're beating yourself up. As humans, we always look for someone or something to blame for for a tragedy or for something that has gone wrong, and and we do the same with with miscarriages. We yet we almost never know the true cause, so we blame ourselves. What I would have done instead in this case, well, I didn't realize that I was blaming myself until much, much later. In fact, it was recently well after my third miscarriage and, and now I've been able to let it go. I, I talk about this actually in my very first podcast episode. So it's sherryjohnson.ca slash one, and it's all about letting go of guilt If you'd like to hear more about that for today, I would encourage you to just take notice, just witness yourself telling yourself you should have done this, or you shouldn't have done that. Um, you know, maybe you went for a run and feel like that might've impacted it, or you had one too many drinks before you knew that you were pregnant, or there's so many different things that we, we tell ourselves that we shouldn't have done or we should have done. And I invite you to just notice when you're doing those things. And for starters, just just be gentle with yourself. Know that you did the best that you could with the information that you had at the time. And that's all you can really do. Now in hindsight, of course, you have more information. You have probably done some research on the causes of miscarriage. And and that sort of thing leads you to, to feel like, you were somehow at fault or at least partially to blame. So I invite you to just notice what you're telling yourself and what you're saying to yourself. And and if you want to learn how to let that go, go back to episode one and have a listen to that. Now, so those are the five mistakes that or the five things that I felt I did wrong after my miscarriages. And let's just do a quick recap. So number one was I didn't ask for help and I wish I would have, I wish I would have made it easy on myself and just called or texted or reached out to my friends and family. Number two, I didn't talk openly about it. I eventually did, but in the, in the beginning I didn't. And, and I did find that the more that I talked about it, the more I healed. So I wish I had done that right from the get go. So that's number two. Number three, I didn't check in to really ask how my husband was feeling. And and I wished I would have done that. I wish I would have talked to him more, prided out of him, just tried to understand a little better how he was feeling or, or not feeling instead of just going around resenting him. And number four, I didn't take extra time off work. And I wish I definitely wish I would have done that. And number five, I blamed myself and what I would have done instead there was really kind of notice and dug into why I was feeling that blame. And if I'd had the tools at the time, I would have let it go. I didn't have the tools, but I'm giving them to you in episode one. Um, that's also something I teach in my, in my online program. So you can, you can get it over there as well. All right, well, that's a wrap on the five things that I felt I did wrong after my miscarriages. I hope you have found some value in this episode. I'll put the links that I mentioned in the show notes. And of course, if you would like to hear more or get in on the conversation that we're having about miscarriage, um, head on over to my private Facebook group. That is at facebook.com groups slash miscarriage love and loss all spelled out miscarriage love and loss you can also just search for it and I'll put that link in the show notes as well um and and that's it for today so it's never really too late to to just notice yourself doing one of those things wrong and and there's still time to turn it around there always is. Even if it's five years after your miscarriage, you can still start talking about it. Now you can ask your husband how he felt during that time period. You can let go of self blame. So I hope that you will, if you were feeling like you resonated with some of these things that I did wrong, go back and see whether you can change those in, in the present. And that wraps up today's episode. I will be back in two weeks with another episode for you and I'll see you then. Before you head out, I would be forever grateful if you left me a review on iTunes as that's going to help other women who are suffering from miscarriage or infertility to find this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode for you. In the meantime, make it a week of nurturing and healing for yourself. Bye for now.